What up, everyone? Welcome back to the Rambling Viking podcast. We've got Gabe returning to sit second chair again. We didn't run him off, so we're going to try our best this time by pointing out all his flaws and how he falls short. <laughs> but so happy to have you back, Gabe. We're excited. He's got his Bourbon Bowl Bobby Boucher official jersey on. He walked into my house. And basically, I took it as a direct threat of this is my house now. And because that is that is a baller move. And I'm extremely jealous. And I need one of these jerseys myself. Well, just as long as there's no Gatorade in here, I think it'll be fine. But no, <laughs> hey, yeah. H2O, reverse osmosis H2O. <laughs> no, but I just got it off of uh, eBay. And I think it came direct from China. Probably some. Oh, definitely. Unethical dude. sweatshop. As dude, everything comes from there. But, dude, uh, my Super Bowl ring, which yeah. is still currently lost. Um, this replica, like it, it's a cheapo, re- it's a decent replica. It's uh-huh. not like plastic and crappy. It costs like 70 bucks. It 1 billion percent was from China. Mm-hmm. I mean, I actually lost my first order. Mm-hmm. I waited like three months for it and I was like, okay, this is taking way too long. And I emailed them and a bunch of, you know, there was all sorts of indications that it was China, yep. but Hey, that's the way, that's the way it goes for now until, until we can restructure and reestablish uh, you know, like American manufacturing and things like that. But, yeah. you know, one of the hardest parts about that in general, though, is uh-huh. just the simple fact that our standards are so much higher. And we have and, and, and you see this, we've gotten accustomed to we kind of hit this like hyper efficient, productive way to to produce everything or get everything as cheap as possible, yeah. which is good for everyone, except it was through. Um, outside sources and so it's like to bring that back everything's gonna get a lot more expensive Mm -hmm. unless we can carve out certain things but it's just like you know we're we're just people get priced out of the market you see that food right now like Mm -hmm. especially in the on on the animal based thing trying to do like grass-fed and stuff it's like all of a sudden everything's a little bit more expensive when you're living that way now you're buying less things but it's just a little bit more expensive and to me uh, you know, it's just like, okay, you gotta, you gotta get used to it because you're like, your brain tells you this is expensive. You should go for the cheapest option. But then you're like, well, I want to go for more than just the quality of my wallet yeah. and savings. I want to go for higher quality food that are higher quality processes, prioritize, you know, maybe if, if I can, if something local, hopefully that sort of thing. Totally. Mm-hmm. But, uh, Let's just start with this. Uh, you didn't fill out a bracket. What happened? I wish I had a good excuse. I- <laughs> I'm glad you don't. I'm glad you don't. Yeah. Because anytime anyone has a good excuse, it's a little annoying because I can't uh-huh. get mad at them. No, I mean, I just, I simply forgot. I had it on, it on my to-do list, my mental uh-huh. to-do list. I think I just That's listened. the problem, mental to-do list. It gets me all the time. I'm like, I'll just, I'll just have a mental checklist, forget half of them. And I'm like, well. Yeah. The season's when I have a physical planner on me i'm filling it out mm-hmm. productivity is significantly higher so i uh yeah like i said i wish i had something cool i just to struggle say, but... to hit that level of nerd that's me <laughs> i'm a nerd my own right but i'm i just struggle to hit that level of nerd well you know i'll go through little seasons where i'll, I'll be in the yeah. habit of it for a couple weeks so like i said i i had in my head hey philip bracket mm-hmm. even earlier this week it's like gabe you can't keep forgetting this and uh <laughs> Stop it! Still, and you just keep forgetting it. Still happened, but uh, mm-hmm. I'll still, I'll still, still uh, enjoy the madness. So. Right. Well, we got it going right here. We got two mm-hmm. games lit up on the iPad and then the display screen. So it looks like Auburn's gonna knock off Iowa. Obviously, 
We're recording the day before, so all this is old news by this point. But we got a couple games going right now. Boise State's putting up a fight. Your alma mater, ORU, got put in their place pretty heftily. Yeah, I know. I, Handily. I, I you know, I, I, I'm trying. I'm trying to. I was being a realist going into it. I knew what happened a couple of years ago was, uh, you know, rather that was unique. their magic moment. It was a magic Cinderella story. So. And it's hard to repeat so quickly yeah. your magic moment uh-huh. because secrets out uh, yep and I, I and they're not the same team either exactly and, and oh, I, I think we have some i have a good feeling uh paul mills our coach is probably gonna be headed out to a better school there's kind of yeah rumors going around about that which i wouldn't be terribly surprised but i uh, mean that's how it goes yep that's how it goes he, he he's it's just oru mm-hmm. you know not an insulting way it's not a it's not a bigger name school, and he built a good program there. They're getting the NCAA tournament, mm-hmm. so it's just kind of natural that he moves on. Yeah. And uh, speaking of natural, that's a perfect natural transition <laughs> to what we were talking about yeah. off air not too long ago, mm-hmm. and that was talking about how like we kind of got into discussing um, what I'm dubbing the kind of the corporate work structure, if mm-hmm. you will. And we talked about how it's like you come in and you do X job mm-hmm. for for sake of ease. It's like okay. You, you come in and your position is this, right? And you're like a coordinator and you do whatever job that is, whether that's making sales, whether that's doing this. And then if you want to move up, then you naturally then move into management. Mm-hmm. But we were, we were discussing where there's constant examples everywhere you look. You have some, you know, you've seen it at, at places you've worked. Mm-hmm. I've seen it at places I've worked. I'm sure listeners have seen it at places they've worked where it's like people, someone is really good at this job mm-hmm. really good and so naturally you want to retain them they want to get paid more you want to move them up and i think we're going to talk outside of like getting a high high level like director or even a you know executive position because that's a different ball game altogether um we're just talking kind of like middle managers right like yeah. does that make okay cool and we basically were like it doesn't Sometimes people are really good at their jobs, but then they, they're not designed, like their forte is not managing people. Like you, you then shift into a position that is a different style. It requires a different mm-hmm. skill set. And so like you can be an incredible, and sales maybe won't be the best example because sales is still interacting with people. But it's, it, even then it's different like going and selling the product versus managing a team, a, a team of salespeople kind of on the internal back end side, ensuring, putting them in positions of success versus mm-hmm. just pushing a product mm-hmm. absolutely and I, and I i think for me when i started to think about this perspective i know i i know uh i myself you know i'm a believer and in high co- and college was involved in some you know missions and outreach uh groups in college and you kind of jump in to volunteer at a local you know inner city school or go on a mission trip to another country as a participant and you're going all in, you're ministering, and then you jump into doing, uh, you know, missions or outreach leadership, and you kind of get this little sit-down talk where it's like, really, if you're a team leader of a group going to, like I said, inner city school or going to another country, as a leader, your primary responsibility is your team. I mean, mm-hmm. you, you want to have those cool moments where you're, you know, with the kids, you're you know, you're speaking in front of a church or you're doing a group, you kind of want to have that moment where you're in the spotlight when actuality as a leader is the exact opposite. You need to be in the shadows, allowing your team to have that moment. And so your primary 
uh, kind of putting Christian needs, your primary ministry is your team mm-hmm. and to see them do their work. And so I, and that's in a very kind of, and you, know, you just, you, you, you're, you're in the spotlight, maybe in a different way. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. It's like when you look at the t- success of the team, you can attribute that to the individual parts, but then also the leader, um, you know, maybe, and I just, it's just hitting, maybe the best example is, uh, is sports, right? Yeah. Not every, just cause you were a great player does not mean you'll be a great coach. Mm-hmm. And there's plenty of amazing players who they can, they can play the game themselves. They can be in that position, but they don't know how to translate and transfer that. And especially, I think it's usually with the higher level people, like the people who are top of the game, top of their game you know, maybe top five at whatever sport they're playing or whatever position they're in. And they, because they do it themselves. And so they know how to go out and function, but they don't know how to then instill that, project that to other people. And it comes off as frustration and like, you need to do it this way. Like we were talking about that, how there's certain people who are like, you need to do it this way. And it's like, well, no, there's, everyone's a little bit different. And like, you just try and motivate the way that you're motivated only. Mm-hmm. And you're, and you're too black and white in that. And you have to be flexible, kind of adapting your style to people. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I think sometimes you see examples of people who, because I just, I had to look up his name, but you know, Mike Leach, who passed away, he was yeah. known for coaching Texas Tech and Mississippi State, other mm-hmm. other schools. And he never played uh, football. I mean, I think he made it in high school. He, right. I looked up. He played rugby at BYU. Um, there you but, go. But then he went on and had those you know, people skills uh-huh. to get alongside these student athletes and help them succeed. And he understood the game, obviously. Um, but, you know, you can see other times where um, oh, I'm blanking out in his name. The Canadian guy, he got promoted, I think, to coach at the nets and the nba steve nash yeah and how i think a lot of people had these high hopes of him yeah because he was a great point guard and so he's a great on the court manager uh and so he understood the game but i think Mm. there that dynamic that relationship uh, you know didn't quite flourish as well as maybe some people expected so i think Mm. um sometimes i think we could think of examples of people that we worked with who crushed it in their job and then became amazing leaders and people who are good players. There are those. Yeah. But those are exceptional people. Exactly. And I think it has to do with maybe there's a correlation probably with character and success Mm -hmm. and work ethic. But then also there are times that it doesn't always correlate. And I think sometimes I think the system set up to think that's the norm when in actuality, you know, like we said before, we've seen people crush it as individual contributors and do be horrible bosses. And sometimes people frankly, not be that great of an individual contributor, but be an amazing boss. Right. Um, and so I think sometimes the system just expects that you're great at this, you're going to be mm-hmm. great at that, when mm-hmm. actuality, it's a little... There's, there's no, no nuance, nuance there, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. It's, and, it, and it's pretty set in stone. And like even when I think about it, and you think about, you know, okay, starting level, I'm doing the grunt work, and then I move up, and I'm not doing the grunt work, but I'm just managing people doing the grunt work, and then I move up and manage those managers. And it's like, it's even instilled in us, it sounds weird for me to, when we were talking about this, to be like, no, like, there's a way, maybe there's a way to to restructure some things. And I almost picture it like there's two silos. Like maybe everyone comes in at the same point. Right. Mm -hmm. And, and you just assess them and say, all right, because there's, I'm sure there's super, super simple ways to assess, assess those, um, assess people and see, all right, are you going to be more suited for like a managerial style position? Mm -hmm. Or are you going to be best suited in maybe doing, doing the task itself? and and then sending them on their respective route. And maybe they start out at there is still some entry level position and then they split from there, right? Mm-hmm. It's not just a 
single path and it's like you have to do management because I was I've been in jobs mm-hmm. where I was um, like when I was an entertainer, a lot of people got into they would come start on the entertainment team and then they would move up to be an associate, which was like basically like a, a, an in between. It was kind of it was still part time, but it was like, OK, you're learning the managerial side. And then a lot of those people, they moved into full time like management positions. Now, the awkward part about this, it was part time versus full time. So there's some limitations. But let's say that wasn't there. And people are asking all the time, like, oh, do you want to like do that two step move up and get to that position? And I literally would tell people, I don't want to be my boss, like in the sense of I don't want my boss's position, whether it's here or anywhere. It's like, Mm -hmm. I like this position. And if I could just have this position, and there was some, there was some and there was a, a little bit of like a like you had captains and so they they were kind of the leaders and had a little bit more responsibility and things like that but it was just like one step one tier up like that but there was no way to build that out and you know maybe we're being too idealistic here and thinking and, but you said you you had heard of a place that was basically kind of doing that and then covid messed it up but yeah no i there was i think discussions and i think it probably similar to what the discussion we're having right now, just, you know, some people not only aren't great at being leaders, but some people just don't want to be leaders, right. but, they, but they do want to progress in, in mm-hmm. life and their career and, you know, make more money and, and, and get more opportunities. So I, the way I think they hear described it as kind of an enterprise role where you have really high expectations and high levels of responsibility and you're almost managing a program more or less, but you're not, managing people you're not having Uh one-on-ones with them and coaching them through uh, their career and um you know they're held to a high standard but it's so much of like the emphasis is more at the end of the day them doing their job Mm -hmm. getting their work done and uh like i said they might even report directly to an executive or c-suite type role so it's not like it's they're just coasting or plateauing. They're still getting stretched and growing as mm-hmm. professionals, but it isn't that coaching dynamic that I think some people a don't want to do. Some people additionally might not be that great. Well, at. managing people's extremely hard, mm-hmm. and not everyone's necessarily cut out for it. And that's where it's like you end up in crappy with crappy situations, work situations, because you have people. It's like if you're there, you you do your job well enough, and you're you're around long enough, kind of do the right things, you will get bumped up, mm-hmm. and then you it's always the same. You will get bumped up into managing people instead of doing your work, and it's like there's there's surely there's a way to incentivize. No, if you just if you like this position, do you and and you look at it and you're like, I don't want to like move up to the position where I manage all these people. I'd rather just move up in my position, still do my work essentially. And maybe there's not a way, a perfect way to do that. But we were kind of talking, I was basically talking about like, you'd almost, you, instead of being like a manager, it would, like you said, it would, you, you would almost get to a self-managed position where you're almost kind of independent. It's like, Hey, he takes care of work. Mm -hmm. He manages. And then if any, at most you would just be kind of a mentorship Mm-hmm. Um, to other people or like a resource for like new people coming on. Mm-hmm. But even, but then separately you could have people who want to move into the managerial space and it's like, all right, I need to make this workplace as conducive as possible for our entire sales team. Right. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to be, I'm going to be checking in with them, seeing how they're doing, seeing, you know, if they need, uh, what, what tools they need to best suit them. Mm-hmm. And then if they need like direct sales coaching, 
they can go to they can go to Jerry, who's our senior salesman or what you know, and and he doesn't have to do any oversight like that. Mm-hmm. He does sales and handles those big positions. And maybe I'm crazy, but it sounds it sounds like it makes sense to me a little bit. Yeah, I I, I think it would lead to people you shift know. the mic that way. Just oh. just no no you're good. Just no no not sh- like slide it slide it to your right. Because it's fine. We have these screens, and so we're naturally talking this yeah. way. There you go. That's perfect. Perfect. Okay. Actually, yeah. get a little more vertical for me. Yeah, it okay. should. Yeah, it's falling forward a little bit. There That's all. Go. Perfect. Perfect. Beautiful. Okay. Awesome. Beautiful. I just want your. I just want your voice to sound as crystal clear <laughs> as possible. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. But yeah, no, I, I, I agree because I think in the long run, I think they'll have people, you know, be happier in their role, and uh, you know, I, I think we can all think, and it's easy to point fingers. I, I'm not trying to do this, but mm-hmm. we can all think of examples where we were under leaders that were amazing. We can also also think of times we were under leaders that weren't so great, and mm-hmm. I think uh, everyone's happier when they're underneath good leadership and. Leadership doesn't come easy. I'm not coming along saying, well, that's easier. No. <laughs> it's much easier said than done. And I have the utmost respect for all the leaders. Well, I've and the reason under. it's a higher tier job is because in a, in, it, it's a harder, it's a harder uh-huh. skill. And it's, and it is a skill that you can learn. Mm-hmm. That's what we're talking about. It's like some people are great at their job and then can learn to be a great coach, manager, next level leader. Right. Yeah. And because, oh, they're adaptable, they're coachable. And then other people just aren't that way. Like mm-hmm. what comes to mind for me is like accountants. Right. They love their numbers. They love the accounting. Like they don't need to be the accounting manager necessarily. It's like, no, I like doing this. So just make me just bump me up in that sense. And that's where I think my one of my bigger issues just with the corporate world in general, it just. It's too it's not attentive enough. It's not it it, it gets yeah. bloated. You have all these moving parts. It's it, it it's political, which you can't really avoid in some sense. You know, it's the politics of it all. It's scratching the right backs and all that stuff. You know, um, sniffing the right butts, that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Getting the right, brown nosing the right people. Yep. And, and, and to get in the position, which sadly, like we say, you know, it all should be based on merit. And there should be no, it shouldn't be about who you know. But sorry, that's just how we operate as people, though. Yeah. That's just how we operate. But I, I look at it as like, it needs to be more attentive and be, like people need to be more diligent at looking at, these situations, because I, I, I've seen this a lot. I'm sure you've seen it a lot and plenty of people listening have seen it a lot where it's like people who have no business, maybe it's like they're getting promoted. It's like, but they're crappy in X, Y, Z way. And it's just like in the corporate world, sadly, the truth is if you just hang around long enough, you'll find yourself in a, in a halfway decent position and like moved up just because that's half of it is just hanging around mm-hmm. and doing your enough of your job. I mean, I, we've all seen examples where it's like, um, someone who it, they just screw up and screw up and screw up and they don't go away. They don't get fired. And then eventually one day they finally like have the straw breaks the camel's back. But usually I always tell people, it's funny in college, I had people who were so afraid of quitting or getting fired. And I was like, you, I don't think you understand. Businesses don't want to fire people because mm-hmm. that's, that's a headache. Um, that means maybe something was off. Now they have to go and replace you. And that's rehiring training. And, and now it's a long road to get back. They would rather fix your situation. And so I don't know, but I saw people who were like, so afraid if they stepped wrong at all, they were going to be fired at the drop. And I was like, that's not going to happen. And I've seen examples of the opposite of that, where someone just did bad thing after bad thing after bad thing. And I'm sitting there like after the third or fourth thing, like, why are they not gone? Yep. Yep. I, I I totally agree. And I, I, and I don't know how, you know, it, 
we're so, you know, companies are just our work culture, at least here in the West, it's so kind of set in stone. I don't know what it's going to take to change it, but I mean, (laughs) pandemic opened up a lot as far as work from home stuff. And now we're seeing, we're seeing the backlash against it now where where a lot of companies are like, come back. And then people are like, no, Mm -hmm. like uh, Mm -hmm. the big bad, you know, Paycom Mm -hmm. only gave people three weeks notice, which I say, if you only have to give two weeks to quit, they can give you, giving you three weeks to, you're going back to office is a lot. Now I understand people are in certain circumstances where it's like three weeks isn't a lot of time to do that. And I would say they should have indicated if they didn't, if they didn't, I don't know the situation, you know, you should indicate that like, Hey, like we're, we are on a timeline. We don't have it exactly, but sometime you know, maybe in the next few months or within six months. And then like, just to update people so they can expect that because it felt like it was unexpected and maybe it was, maybe it wasn't, um, you know, but then everyone apparently was complaining on blowing up the message board. And I don't know. I just kind of chuckled like for some people I get it, but for a lot of people, I'm like, you just don't want to go back in the office. (laughs) That's all it is. Right. It's a little bit of a mix. I'm sure. But I, I, I enjoyed how that opened it up because I think there's plenty of jobs out there that can be work from home and be mm-hmm. decent. But I, I'm a fan of the tier system, just like we were talking about. You're new here. Guess what? You're in the office every day, five days a week and, you know, all day. And then it's like, as you get moved up, if your position is one that's conducive for it, you can move to a hybrid. And because like a lot of IT guys, they can be totally work from home and it's fine. Or like yeah. software engineers. Um, but you know, I think your salespeople and stuff, there's something to like, you're in the office, you're all, you're all kind of doing your thing and yeah, you're maybe kind of individually doing your thing, but having that group there. So I think there's a, there's, and and maybe there's a way we can, you know, break that mold too, where it's people where it's like, all right, just because you've been here and you're doing good, we're going to now shift you into a totally different skill set, And maybe we find ways to just build people up in the position that they're at as best we can. I yeah. think there's ultimately always a cap, mm-hmm. you know, and as far as the C-suite people go, <laughs> that's a different animal. Yeah, it, it is a different animal. Mm-hmm. But I don't know, man. I don't know. We can only fix so many of the world's problems in, in what time we have <laughs> yeah. on this podcast. Exactly. But uh, audience members, I want to know what you think, if that made much sense at all. And obviously, I think there's certain limitations. Like, we can only do the best good that we have. We can't do everything. So, I don't know. You know, but maybe, but, but there's got to be ways. There's, we, we can always improve and adapt. And I definitely think there's plenty of ways that we are too set in stone and certain things and aspects about the workplace. But let's shift gears to, because I don't remember if we talk, how much we touched on it last time. I don't think we did very much. But uh, I recently had a friend who's doing a 30-day carnivore thing and it got me thinking. And I was like, oh, Gabe's coming on. Mm-hmm. You and your wife have been doing carnivore for a w- little while now. Mm-hmm. And so I've obviously detailed my whole story on here i've been on it now over a year it's crazy been animal animal based over a year and but you guys are a little bit more recent converts and so i wanted to kind of get your story maybe how you got into it um how it's going for you mm-hmm. how it you know how that transition went and what the future looks like yeah absolutely it, um because you know my wife and i've been doing it for about we kind of started dabbling in it in november but mm-hmm. kind of big picture coming up on a year ago it's the last summer Kind of one of those kind of uh, big awakening moments where I was weighing about, gosh, about 237, uh, probably the heaviest I'd ever weighed. Um, you know, kind of my, 
you know, healthier days. And for know. reference, Gabe is four foot seven. Yeah, so that's exactly. Giant. <laughs> um, pretty wide. <laughs> no, but um, but no, like in in college and first few years out of college, I, I was around one eighty five, one ninety. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you know you get married and COVID and, and you get fat. Home. Yeah, exactly. It happened to a lot of people. It happens every day, man. And so I kind of had this moment. I was like, dang, like two thirty seven. I mean, that's nearly two forty. And I, you know, it was it was it on the scale or was it like look in the mirror, like walk me into that that moment more that wake up moment good question it was actually not so much visible and it's so funny i look oh. i look in the mirror and think like obviously i wasn't happy with where i was but i'm like you know i i'm okay you know but it was that number you rationalize yeah <laughs> exactly you know it's funny in hindsight so I'm, I'm down to about 210 right now i'd love to get down under the 200s but when i look back at pictures from over the summer and i see that difference of about you know uh was yeah. it 30, 40 pounds? Yeah, exactly. It's like, oh my gosh. How That's did I, a, you know, yeah. in mm-hmm. hindsight, you see that contrast. You're, vis- you you're know, like, I was a whale. Yeah, and I, it's uh-huh. like, and I didn't see it back then. Well, but, you don't see it. And that's, mm-hmm. why, that's why progress pictures are super important and mm-hmm. why I, and then I idiotically neglected mine. I have one. I took mm-hmm. one picture, maybe late 2020, when I was like, oh, I'm going to do pictures. And then I forgot. But mm-hmm. now I bet if I look back at that picture and took more or less the same picture now, I would notice a big difference, but yeah. I eventually was able to see the difference, and I was like, "Okay, I can, I can look different." So, so you stepped on the scale, uh huh, and, and for so, the first time in a while, <laughs> you know, honestly, it was. I think what I, prompted you? That's a good question. I, I think it's just one of those things in my personality, and I, I've done this in a lot of areas where I, I can't. I don't want to say hide, but I put things off. I, I don't dwell on things I don't want to think about. So oh, I you do. mean you like procrastinate? And yeah. yeah, it's like I don't want to deal with that. I'm gonna do that later. Sounds. Man, man, you really suffer from humanity, huh? <laughs> yeah. And so I almost you feel and me like, both. yeah, and I, I feel like I was able to kind of justify or avoid it or avoid that, uh, I don't know, I'm not sure, level of accountability with myself by just not getting on the scale. Right, <laughs> and, no. And, um, and so when I finally mustered up the courage to hop on there, I'm like, okay, you know, I, I, it was just that realization, like, I can't, I cannot continue to go up, you know, I'm in my late 20s kind of going to my 30s it kind of it was this realization it's kind of like now or never if, if i want to get healthy get it right now yeah exactly because you know it's gonna be a lot harder down the road exactly so I, my first steps was just kind of you know i think you and i've talked about so much of just the american diet just filled up with empty calories pop chips junk food garbage and so cutting out snacking uh portion control yeah, you know, kind of this? pop. This wasn't November. This was so. This was about in the summer, summer okay. of, uh, of, uh, of last year, summer twenty twenty two. So mm-hmm. I'd say maybe June ish, and uh, and then just start eating a little more clean. You know, chicken, rice, um, vegetables, uh, and started hitting weights pretty heavy. Um, yeah, and so just you the, went standard healthy diet. Yeah, chicken, kinda, rice, veggies, love it, mm-hmm. and, and uh, was you know doing deadlifts. Bench, squat—you know, just the classic uh, weight lift, power lifting. Um, but uh, did that for about you know a month or two, and I, surprisingly, just putting on some muscle, gaining some strength, made a significant uh, just kind of difference in body composition. Some fat started coming off, 
Um, and, 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 you know, I've done this in the past and I kind of regret doing it, but I, I was wanting to just, just, you're good. Just like face you just, oh. you're talking here. Oh, right here. Yeah. yeah oh, yeah. okay. You perfect. can look that way, but just keep trying to keep your mouth angle it. Yeah. Perfect. If you no. want to angle that mic a little bit like so, you, so you can like angle it. So like turn it basically you want to be talking towards the red light. If you're not talking towards the red light. Gotcha. Like meaning with the red light facing you. Yeah. Okay. There we I, go. I, right. yeah. If you want to, if you want to. Put it over here so you can, when you look at the screen, you're naturally talking that way and then twist it. Beautiful. Perfect. Now, if you keep talking like you're talking, now you're going to be good. Sorry. Okay. You just had to do mic correction, y'all. No, no, no. Hey, I'm, Anyways, I'm back new to on this. it. I'm new to this. But, um, uh, but yeah, so I've, you know, it feels like kind of a cheat code. It almost feels like an unethical, uh, what's the word? Shortcut. Unethical. But I got an HGH, huh? Well, <laughs> it's close, uh, but. Dabbled in keto for a little bit, and here's the thing: keto can you can lose fat on keto. Just it can be, especially if you're not doing it right, it can be really bad. Just yeah, you just you can, eat, you can screw with your metabolism exactly. And you're you know eating a lot of junk. There, right? There's question marks in it. Well, now yeah. there's so much stuff too that is keto, keto meaning, and all it is is like, hey, we didn't put this crap in it, but there's still yeah. plenty of crap. There's plenty of stuff at the store. I'm like, oh, keto friendly. What's actually in it? Mm-hmm. And I look at that. I'm like, nope, yeah, not a chance. Exactly. So I, I I did keto for about a month or two, and mm-hmm. the issue and here I'm. It's pretty evident, kind of the how it can be pretty bad for you. I it's happening in the past. I've done keto, but my uh, my hair started falling out. What? And so I noticed my hairline receding. Get a little thinner. It's like okay, you know, I uh, my body's obviously not getting the nutrients it needs. <laughs> Clearly, my We're body. Like, they're like, forget the hair. We 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 gotta survive. <laughs> yeah. So I, uh, you know, I was like, okay, it's time to make a change. And mm-hmm. so my wife and I were talking about like, all right, we just did. And so how long did you do keto? It was about a month. And I'll be honest, I uh, really couldn't do weightlifting. I, I could mm-hmm. physically feel as weird as the sounds. I'm not sure if feels the right word, but I could notice the lack of glycogen in my muscles. Ah. It was like I was lifting. I was trying to exercise on an empty tank. I was running uh-huh. on fumes when I was at the gym. And I noticed my, my, my maxes were just plummeting. I'd go to the gym. I'd feel shaky as heck. Hmm. And um, I know some people do weightlifting while on keto, but it just wasn't working. I mean, it wasn't doing, maybe my macros just weren't right. And so I, you know, we kind of, my hair's thinning. I was not physically. What was your, what was your, so keto, you did inter- intermittent fasting? A little bit of intermittent fasting, not okay. a lot. But so it was more just a ketogenic diet. Yes. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. And, 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 so and lots of fats. Yep. And, and I think probably viewers are probably, they're probably familiar, but, or listeners, <laughs> but, uh, you know, you're having at most 15 carbs maybe 20 a day and yeah, i mean that ain't healthy you can survive that way mm-hmm. but i think i think it sends your body into survival mode and that's where it's like i think you i this is my opinion but i feel like you have to do intermittent fasting for that to work because mm-hmm. the intermittent fasting puts your body in the right um puts it in the right energy systems mm-hmm. to where we're fat, it'll optimize burning fat for fuel and getting that to the right places. Yeah, but that's exactly. And, and, and so, you know, we were kind of my wife and I were just kind of evaluating. Okay, what's next? You know, what do we do? What's something that's? I think the key thing we're looking at. What was something that was sustainable? Mm-hmm. And, you know, I think so much of you know diet culture from like the two thousands was like the whole low carb fad. 
and someone is trying bad carbs are bad exactly nonsense sugar is the devil exactly and then trying to be someone who's trying to get back in the gym trying to lift weights you know you realize you need that fuel you need those carbs yeah Yeah. you need carbs if you're if you're expending energy in in exercise guess Mm -hmm. what you need carbs exactly And, and so we uh we were just kind of evaluating, evaluating what to do. And I think uh, Ariana saw one of your posts, uh, one of your stories of uh, Paul Saladino, Car- Carnivore Oh, D. I put you on to this? Yeah, I don't think I told you that. Yeah, so... I didn't know yeah, this. Yeah, so Ariana was like... I had no idea. And I, and I think I, at one point... Yeah, and at one point, I think I saw... Uh, I thought I funny. I thought I told you that, but no... Um, no, I didn't... Maybe you did way back when, but I... Yeah. I, but no, and I, I recognized him because I'd seen... me. I'd seen him on... Uh, I saw Carnivore MD on... Joe Rogan here and there, and uh-huh. I recognized his face and uh, started following him. We, and we started just doing research with uh, just the whole model. And, and, and what was appealing is it doesn't demonize carbs. Uh, you know, it's plenty mm. of sugar, plenty of carbs, but it's the right it's kind. The sources. It, it, and I and for me, what made it make so much sense, you know, you know, because you know, people were like, are, you know, demonizing carbs or demonizing red meat. But the way he, I feel like the way he kind of put it, puts it in his videos is like, this is basically how us humans ate pre-industrial revolution. You know, yeah. these seed oils that were made through giant hydraulic presses and extreme heat and these refined sugars that were introduced into the diet in the 20th century. It was that, it was that population boom, urbanization mm-hmm. boom, and what do we need? We need to make as much food as efficiently and mm-hmm. cheaply as possible. And it was good in one level, and then mm-hmm. it was horrible in another level because now we're stuck in this horrible cycle. But. Exactly. And, and then when you look at in the big picture, when that kind of uh, food and diet's introduced in a lot of Western societies in that time, you know, sickness, cancer, all this is skyrocketing. Chronic and not- disease. He has charts in his book and stuff, and it's like when you look at him, it's like, we supposedly know more. We have so much science dedicated to it. We know the more than we ever have about nutrition mm-hmm. at the micro, like at the microscopic level, even mm-hmm. the molecular level and how certain compounds and things work in our body. But what do we have? We have more unhealth than we ever have before. Mm-hmm. As we've learned more and supposedly gotten better at it, we've gotten in worse health. So there's yep. some underlying issue. And, and it's hard to pinpoint, but I think most, and, and now and a lot of even mainstream health experts would are agreeing that like a lot of seed oils aren't good for you. They're exactly. still wrong about meat and butter and all that stuff, but we can uh-huh. get to that. Exactly. So, um, yeah, we, we dove in in around November of last year. And, you know, there's been a few times like in the holidays, you know, we enjoy some, mm-hmm. some nice dinner rolls, you know. So I did pre- you, what did, when you dove in, you did the carnival 30 day, 60 day reset. What was it? You no, know, we didn't really do a timeline on it, we, but we dove in, pr- in pretty darn strict. You were just like, we're just going exactly real yeah. strict. And so, what and, did it, and how strict did you go? I guess, like, I because, like I said, I got a buddy um, that made me think of this of us having this conversation because he's doing it and he is doing only meat. So he's doing like mm-hmm. hardcore carnivore gotcha, reset. Yeah. And I, 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 of course, was like, do fruit and honey, mm-hmm. but um, there is some merit to doing a little bit of that, like reset but even then you should be eating organs bone marrow like or in bone broth at least mm-hmm. and stuff like that but anyways yeah when we jumped in we we kind of followed pretty strictly kind of what paul saladino does mm-hmm. on his page so it was a uh, um you know a lot of red meat uh grass-fed ground beef um a lot of fruit we were we were jumping into the bone marrow beef liver um raw raw honey 
about as raw of of milk you can get at the grocery store. Obviously, you can't get full blown raw milk, but low low it's temp. It's illegal. Past- yep. But so I was able to get that low temp pasteurized cream top milk. But um, mm. and we follow that pretty strictly for about a month. I mean, no grains nowadays. I do have rice from time to time, but uh, at, at that point, no rice, uh, no no grains. We even I know you know olive oil is not the worst, not the best, but no olive oil, just just butter and uh you know animal fat and we did it for about a solid month that strict and man just noticed a significant difference i could exercise instantly oh you know honestly i'm not sure if instantly is the word but within a few days i noticed my craving for junk food like gone gone and i remember Ah. we'd be at the store and i'd see you know like kool-aid or gummies and candy and you know uh twinkies and i remember just thinking like oh my gosh just like a week ago I would have seen mm-hmm. that and think, oh, that looks nice. And, you know, just those cravings were, you know, it's, oh, you almost felt like, oh my gosh, I was like brainwashed by sugar. And, I'm see, addicted. <laughs> I'm on drugs. I don't. And so I, I didn't really feel like any, this might sound dramatic. I didn't feel any like withdrawals. I'm not sure that's the right word, which I have had diets where you do really miss and crave things. But I think the key difference was that I wasn't starving myself from carbs. I was getting carbs. I was getting fat. I was getting protein. Just really natural forms of it so because i was having honey and you know fruit i wasn't looking at the candy aisle and thinking mm-hmm. oh man I, I i need this my body's craving that i'm like i'm good and that looks nasty with all the food dye and and all that yeah, so all of a sudden um, your perspective changes when you start eating all that fresh food and you mm-hmm. walk down and you're like this is just like packaged and sitting here and it can do that it can sit here it's like you buy a bag of apples you got to eat that mm-hmm. in a certain amount of time you have to i i we learned the hard way with where you buy stuff we buy too much of it, and it, or and it, or we wouldn't freeze some of it, and then systematically thaw it out, and then we run into the problem where it's like, oh crap, we are, um, we'd have to throw stuff out because it went bad. Mm-hmm. It's like also when your food goes bad, it opens up your eyes, and you're like, huh? Yep, exactly. Did so- you? Well, I guess you were keto, so you're probably already making most of your own food before that. So that wasn't too much of a transition for you? No, not so much. So I like mean, cooking? Yeah, and we were, our, you know, we, we cook quite a bit. I mean, mm-hmm. we, I think early COVID, we got in the habit of, you know, doing takeout probably a little too much. And I think... Everyone did, bro. Yeah. It's Everyone all, did. Uh, but we, thankfully, we kind of got out of that habit even before we're doing the, any sort of diet or anything. So mm-hmm. we, we, uh, we just, I mean, I, but probably I'd say our cooking did kind of go up go up quite a bit so i mean still to this day we're we're constantly filling up our, our dishwasher and and <laughs> must be nice to have one uh yeah well yeah i i, I, I am it. our dishwasher i shouldn't complain but no uh, no i get it dude having to it was see you you kind of eased into it from that aspect and that was nice and and we somewhat did but it was but for most people i think that's the hardest part of shifting to a diet like this is you now all of a sudden your the way you structure your days has to be different and meal prep is one of the hardest things to do and you don't have to, we didn't necessarily do meal prep we did um we would do some but it was more like we just cooked every single day and because i'm someone it's like i can do a little bit of meal prep but i got to have fresh food mm-hmm. like i need i need it to be fresh sometimes i can't do oh here's my week's worth of lunches <laughs> and then cuz by friday i want to just throw it out the window like driving my car and just want to throw it out i'm like i don't even want to eat this i hate reheating and maybe it's because i was in a corporate environment for a few years and like that's the way it goes with lunch there it's like you eat at your crappy little desk your crappy little meal that you probably reheated it's not built out to where you can have good fresh food and i'm like this this is screwed up i get my little 30 minutes 
And, and, and that's where it's like, if I would have meal prep better, it could have been better, but mm-hmm. I don't know. And maybe it just jaded me, but go on. No. Yeah. It definitely is a lifestyle mm-hmm. change for sure. But, um, but you know, I, we were blown away at how well we felt and continued to lose weight, felt comfortable exercising. Um, and you know, unfortunately then the holidays are coming up. So of course we dabbled in having some good, some good Turkey. Well, that's the thing <laughs> is, is it, is it also, it shifts your relationship. Mm-hmm. Um, I am now a fan of a hybrid and that's why I like to say animal based, not carnivore. Cause mm-hmm. to me, carnivore says I only eat meat. And yep. while it's cool in one sense, like I'm a carnivore, mm-hmm. it's also a little bit, um, a little bit misleading because people hear, Oh my gosh, carnivore. So you only eat meat. It's like, no, I'm animal based. Meaning all I try, I eat animal products because it's much more than just meat a lot of times. And then, and, and, it's like, oh yeah, I also eat honey and fruit and things like that. So I'm I'm eating more than just strictly meat, and then even a little bit more than animal products. But it is the basis, right? It's kind of mm. it's just the opposite of what used to on plant base and like <laughs> they still they still eat some meat, but it's like that's a minority. Mm-hmm. I'm the opposite. I really don't eat any plants. It's rabbit food. I know, and it's funny how you know we. Because I have to, you know, the, your explanation is perfect. And I feel like I've had to explain it a few times because I think people, when they hear animal based or carnivore, they kind of get this idea in their head. They think it's this crazy diet when You're a psychopath. It's probably like when veganism first came yeah. out, though. <laughs> yeah. And, and I, and then one of my go to explanations is like, I'm just eating kind of how any human would have eaten, you know, 120 years ago. Yeah. And I'm like, people- have a little perspective. Like, what would, what was valuable? Mm-hmm. You go and you get a kill. And you bring it back, even if you were living in a log cabin as in Pioneer's Day, Pioneer Days. Yeah, you want to grow some of your own food. What's the most valuable thing you have? A cow, a goat, chickens, things like that. And you get mm-hmm. the meat off of it. And mm-hmm. it's the fact that you can eat 99% of an animal and it's all good for you in different ways versus you can only eat very specific, very particular parts of plants. And a lot of times they have to be cooked first or broken down because why? We don't digest them. Yep. Yep. So. Yeah, we, we've been we've been sticking with it, I and mean, we did take you know during the holidays took a little, you know, weren't super strict on it, but you know mm-hmm. having that that balance and you know getting back into it, you know we've been back. You know, I'll be honest, I've been I, I kind of got off on January, wasn't exercising, in the gym, and following the diet strictly as possible. You did the opposite of New Year's. <laughs> yeah, you were like, I'm gonna take a break. But uh, February we got back into it, and mm-hmm. um, yeah, we we've really been enjoying it, and so today. Uh, today we did pretty good today. You know, like I said, we've re I've introduced some rice just, especially on days that I'm going to try think, to work I out. I think, I think good quality rice is okay. Yep. I actually don't know. Pretty sure what Paul's probably, you might be more in tune to this. I don't really know much of his stance on rice. He doesn't talk about it a whole lot, but he's probably not for it. I think I saw a video. He, he, I think he says it's not terrible. Like it's, you have it on a day you work out. Basically, right. I think this is idea. Yeah. Because it's all, it's all carbs essentially. Right. Mm-hmm. So that's that's the thing is you can overdo it and mm-hmm. so i think you get some good because it, it can honestly be a little bit of a good filler or compliment because when you just have just straight half a pound of ground beef you got to power through mm-hmm. whoa <laughs> you get tired of chewing that flavor is heavy <laughs> it's hard to it's hard to do so dude i've noticed the with the grass-fed ground beef the i think i got an 80 20 the eighty percent lean, because mm-hmm. I normally have gotten the ninety something percent. Ninety lean. ten. Yep, and I'll be honest, the eighty twenty was a little bit 
better on the palate. <laughs> a little less... Uh, well, because when you get normal ground beef, it's 80-20. We've gotten some in a pinch when we've needed to. Mm-hmm. And I go to cook that. And it's like, I end up deep frying it in its own fat. It is so... And like, yeah. I have to get my splatter guard. Otherwise, I have grease yep. just splattering every... It's like you're cooking bacon, you know? <laughs> a pound of bacon at once. And I'm like, holy crap. And I didn't realize how much leaner grass-fed beef is. It's so much leaner. Mm-hmm. And so... You know, Sam's, I think what we get is 85, 15, mm-hmm. um, but you can get the 80, 20 and not be overly greased. And I think, but I think having a little bit more of that fat content brings out that richness of flavor and makes it nicer on the palate. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But that, I mean, I, I normally do get that 90, mm-hmm. 10 and whew, I know what you mean. It can be a little chewy, a little <laughs> yeah, you're strong just flavor. Like, Ooh, <laughs> you're like, make them, make them, th- make me thin smash burgers, cheese, honey, salt on the top, yeah. maybe avocado. Avocado is really good. And you salt it a little bit and do the honey on that. But um, oh no, don't lose it. Don't lose your thought. I, I just had it. Oh yeah. You mentioned, you know, oh, you, you, you know, like holidays come around you still enjoy foods. And that's my favorite thing about this diet is it, it's, it's more about a fundamental changing of your relationship to food and putting you in a, in a, in a more disciplined self-controlled position. Like we're, we're first and foremost, you said the cravings die down. They yeah. might, they'll come back eventually. Cause now I'm there and we've got some stuff and I've had some, you know, well, I got my thin mints right here. Right. Mm-hmm. And I have some and enjoy them, but I enjoy them in much less quantities. And now I'm not just piling crap on top of crap. The basis of my diet is solid. Good. Mm-hmm. And then I have to quote liver King, a little bit of poison, right? It's a hermetic mm-hmm. effect that we know is true. It's like, it's okay to give yourself a little bit of poison it actually builds a resilience then mm-hmm. to that in some sense now sometimes it's like we go out when we have pizza and my butt starts talking more than i do <laughs> yeah. and, and it's I get like that. i get that and, and that was one realization about it it's like holy crap what gas monster yeah. anytime you go off off and you you know carb load have a bunch of bowl giant bowl of pasta whatever but for me and so then it makes it more okay it's not like a lot of the other diets where it's like, those are the devil don't have those fight the urge. And you have a cheat day. It's like cheat day. It's like, no, no, no. I, I can go enjoy, mm-hmm. you know, a cheesecake factory cheesecake, or mm-hmm. I can, we can bake some cookies and we'll have a few and it's okay. Because why? 80% of the time, 90% of the time we are, we are strict staying to this diet and, and we want to stay this way because why we feel better. Yep. We, we feel more satisfied. And now we, our body's more in tune to the bad crap. And it's like, if you have more than a little bit, you feel it. Yep. And so it, it, re, it restructures the incentive system in your brain and it gives you a healthier relationship. So then when you go to the holidays, you, yeah, you might gorge and indulge a little bit. Like I got cookie day, man. I eat a ton of cookies that day and we just forget about it, right? It's a day mm-hmm. of, um, of cookie drunkenness. That's what mm-hmm. it is, all right? Mm-hmm. And it may, be, it may be as rough, but I do that once a year. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like one day and then we're good. So, and I, that's what, something that I think is not perceived and not talked about enough on the carnivore diet. It's like, you don't feel necessarily guilt and maybe you did a little bit, but I, I don't feel guilt. It's like, okay, I'll just have a little bit of this. It's good. And, and, and you get to enjoy those things, but you don't, I don't know. It's, it's just different. Yeah. And exactly. I, I, because I think it all boils down to psychology, your relationship with food. Because mm-hmm. there are times whenever I'm thinking like, oh, man, I, I really want to have this, like, I don't want to say cheap. But yeah, this little poison. Like, I'm, I've been craving. Give this, me the cheese whiz. Yeah, straight the cheese, in the mouth. The cheese whiz, the Skittles, you know, like, okay. Oh, and, then, and then you treat yourself half a little bit. You know, it's funny, though. After you have that little, you dabble in that a little bit, you think about it. It's like, man, 
that was not that great, honestly. Yep. Mm-hmm. And so now instead of like you kind of get that out of your system, mm-hmm. and then it's like, okay, I'm good. I don't. I don't I, yeah, I'm okay if I don't have any more skittles for a small poison. Life. Like I said, a little bit of poison. But but you know, it's funny after that. Because before you're thinking, oh man, it's just going to be amazing. It's going to be this amazing euphoric mm. moment. I had this like delicious it, it, thing. It's like going to be a it's it's like going to be a drug a druggy relapse, uh-huh. right? Exactly. It's like, oh, the high and exactly. And then you have that clarity of like, actually, that wasn't that great. Why was I getting all mm. hyped up about this like junk? It's called food? being food woke. Yeah, but- <laughs> food woke. All right. Yeah. So wake I, up, sheeple. Yeah. So <laughs> it, it sometimes it just it just gives you perspective, mm. and I think, uh, and I'll be honest, you know, I'll probably. You know, I'm not exactly. It isn't this this whole hey, you're perfect. You never stray off of it, sons. I will have. I'll probably will crave some junk. You know, a pop or something, or a sweet or cookie. Dude, I had a rough week a couple weeks ago. Dad came to town twice. Had water burger. Went out to eat with friends. Had fried chicken. I had three pops in a week, and I was like, "What am I doing, dude?" No, <laughs> I get it. January was rough for me. Uh, I, <laughs> but um, but then it, you know because of that, I'm like, you know, I'm good. You know, for the most part, you know. So, it, it, but it, like you said, it, it it's about changing your relationship, your perception, your understanding mm-hmm. of food. You know, and um, you know, sometimes having that little snack makes you realize you don't really want it that much. You don't need it. And mm-hmm. then it a little bit of gets- poison to remind you, Oh yeah, I don't like that. I don't mm-hmm. want that anymore. Mm-hmm. Well, it's like a funny story about my sister recently. She, she's not carnivore. She's pretty mm-hmm. stubborn. Mm-hmm. Um, but we got her, we got her to kind of sh- shift away from seed oils. I think she still uses them when she makes brownies and stuff. Rachel, we'll talk about this later. Um, you don't need it to make great brownies. I promise you. And, um, but, one day she was like, yeah, like I'm not, like I'm not using seed oil. I'm cooking in butter and stuff. And I was like, awesome. And then she was, and then she started doing more red meat and whatnot. Now she does like pork chops and chicken still, but throwing in beef. But I guess she hadn't had any like beef or red meat mm-hmm. in weeks. And she was, and she was talking with my dad and she, she was like, I just feel like fatigued. I feel kind of feel like crap, whatever. My dad literally goes in his infinite wisdom goes, you need a burger. And uh, and she's like, huh? He's like, go get a burger. He's like, go to Brahms. Like, go get a burger. Now, that's not necessarily the way to do it because bread and a bunch of other crap and it's probably cooked in seed oil. But at, at the very base level, she got that red meat in her system. Boom. Felt mm-hmm. better. And it's like, huh, there's something magical about this. Yep. Absolutely. So I... But I love it. I'm glad. I'm glad I'm, I'm sticking with it. And, and like I said, I feel like I'm able to still go lift weights and not feel... That's the thing. I think another thing, going back to when I did keto, I was always so sleepy. Uh-huh. Always. I was dozing off all the time, conking out early. And I think it's, you're, you're mm-hmm. basically starving yourself. And so you're satiated well on mm-hmm. uh, the animal base because you're getting your carbs, you're getting your protein, you know, you're, you're getting your fat. But it's the right mm-hmm. kind, and it's the stuff our ancestors ate. So, yep. and, um, and to anyone who always questions me and is like, "What about like fiber? This, that, whatever?" And I'm like, "Look, I can't perfectly recite all these things he addresses in the book and go and remember all the science exactly." So I just tell people, "Is like, look, it doesn't make sense because it's not what we've been told, but we've been misled." And, and, and then I've been, and I kind of make the case that I talked about earlier talking about how we know more than ever, but we're worse off than ever square that circle. Right. Mm-hmm. And then I just tell people, um, also what we say is like, you can eat 99% of the animal. You don't digest what's most of in uh, food. Like uh, my wife was telling me a story, someone she was talking to, and she was like, you can eat 
well, you know, go eat a salad. It doesn't count against you. And she's like, count against me. She goes, yeah, it does nothing for me though. And so it's like, and that's where it's relationship with food. Yeah. You, there's an oral, what is it? Is an oral fixation? Is that the right word? Yeah. It's yeah, a, yeah. You know, like kids who chew on pencils. It's kind of like that. It's like, uh-huh. I need to chew and eat something. That's why people and, who quit smoking usually get obese. Right. Cause they, yeah, yep. exactly. And, and it's just like, and, and it was like, huh, that's, that's when you're talking and maybe you're in a shifting period, but she was like, why would I go and eat a salad? It doesn't do anything for me. And, 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 and she was like the whole, the whole statement was just kind of weird to me. Cause it's like, it doesn't count against you. I don't like even thinking in that mindset because then we're talking well, yeah. what's for and against. And, and, and it's part of that unhealthy relationship with food and eating. And that's perfectly summed up. So what I tell people is I say, just give it a shot. Just mm-hmm. like go a month. And you don't have to be perfect. You can wean yourself off, but try and at least shift to like an 80-20, a 90-10 approach. Um, But if you can, if you really can, if you can really buckle down for a month and go like nothing but like don't don't eat any processed crap. At the very least, just eat fruit and animal products and and like shop in in the fresh food sections in your grocery stores, the edge of the grocery stores essentially, and just do that for a month. And look, diarrhea. most likely will happen. That's your body shifting gears. Yeah. Your body going from, oh, I've adapted to the bull crap you put into me. You're going you're gonna to fill me with good stuff? Well, let's clean house a little bit, right? It's the equivalent of you're a hoarder house and you, and you have one little path through your house and you have mouse poop everywhere and all this gross stuff and someone comes in and is like, oh, we're going to re- renovate the house. What do we need to do? We got to get all the crap out so we can put all the bad crap out so we can put good crap in. So that's what I, I, that's my selling point. Have you converted anyone? I didn't realize. You know, I've talked to my family about it. Um, my older brother sounds interested. He hasn't hopped on board. So, you know, trying to get my wife's dad on. Mm-hmm. He, I think he's, he has questions, which I, I think has come from a good place. I think he's not quite convinced. Most people he, do, but he's not. His mind, he isn't closed-minded either. Right. I think he's open. To he's it. just like it doesn't make sense because why? We've been taught this way for over half a century. Yeah, almost a decade. And I was like, <laughs> five years, Gus. Really? No, half a century. That's what it's. It's always been meat, red meat, bad causes heart, and it's because it's unhealthy user bias. And mm-hmm. and in those instances, when you're eating the wrong stuff, just all together, and then you're also eating red meat. Red meat is a scapegoat, but yeah, and, and it's hard because it's so crazy. And that's why I'm, I'm real casual about it. I'm aggressive, but casual. I'm not going to say I, I like, I don't really force it on you, but I'm going to be obnoxious and talk about it. Every time you come to my house, I'm going to offer you liver if I have it. And, and 99% of people say no, uh, except Connor. He's weird. And he's the first person who just literally straight up enjoys it. Like he sits there and chews it. He's over the other night. And I was like, bro, from day one, he tr- trying it. He enjoyed it. And I, I was like, I don't comprehend you. You yeah. are a different kind. Is this, or is this our next step in evolution? <laughs> what is going on? Uh, yeah, no, I know. I, so you I, haven't converted anyone just yet, but you're spreading yet. the good word. Yes, I'm trying to. And I, I still you gotta get funny get, You got to be patient with people. <laughs> I ex- accept the funny looks. And, and, and what I say to it is like, you can look at me funny, but I, I am walking proof. Mm-hmm. I, can, I know myself before and my myself now. And I'm world's better now. So, and that's where like, now I love being a year out and I can tell people I've barely had a vegetable in the year or barely had this. And they're like, but what about all this stuff? And it was like, and I, and I am better than ever. And the cool thing is that I love is that Paul Saladino does all, does frequent blood work and laps. 
and he posts them all on his podcast. And you can probably go find clips of him talking about it. And so that's where people are like, well, what about this or that? You can, he is literally making himself the ultimate guinea pig for it and, and shows you. And it's like, he's even more strict than all of us. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and so he's kind of the pinnacle. I think the crappy thing is Liver King kind of has muddied those waters more than helped. Because now when I tell people like, oh, you want some liver? And they're like, oh yeah, what are you, Liver King? I was like, actually, I found him, I found um, Carnivore MD long before Liver King. And that's what convinced me. Liver King was fun. And then he has a big scandal, and I still believe in most of his message, and he gets a lot right, but he's definitely like, he's definitely the the viral internet bro version of it. Exactly. I, that, nine times out of ten when I talk to people about animal-based diet, that's the first thing they like, say. Oh, Liver King? Exactly. Which he did a good job putting it out there, mm-hmm. but what do you say to him? What's your response? I, I agree with you. I think he, he was saying a lot of stuff, and I think... Yeah, I've seen podcasts between him and Paul Saladino where I think mm-hmm. they consider themselves peers. And I think, you know, I, I think there's a lot to say about him and, and kind of his brand or you can say character. And I think he mm-hmm. kind of got himself kind of stuck where he was trying to maintain this image yeah. of being these huge muscles. And, in you know, I think beneath the surface, he had some pharmaceutical sales kind of motives. So it just, it all happened so fast. I'm sure looking back he would have done things a lot differently uh-huh. so but uh well i think i think preparing for all this he hired a bunch of people got a team mm-hmm. and i think there was bad advice given i think it, I, i'm gonna I hold him that. accountable but i think it was you know because every politician ever what do they always do they deny 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 mm-hmm. until like they maybe literally can't deny because the evidence is staring and even sometimes they still deny yep. and ignore or just deflect and and, and what did he do that exactly yeah and it was like hmm so i think i think part of it was bad advice bad people around him for sure and so i you look back you look at some of the stuff he still talks about the animal based stuff which is great Mm -hmm. um but um you know i that's what i uh you know that's why i try to tell people like you know what if you're learning about it and you have some stigma or some worries about it, hey, check out Paul Saladino. He's a doctor. I think he he's a medical doctor, and he is he knows more of the ins and outs. Oh, and mm-hmm. then you can say, look, if you really want to dive in, go read the book. It's mm-hmm. heavy. It's a, it's a, it's not a it's not an easy read, but mm-hmm. it's a it's a worth it read. And if they won't do that, um, I'll have to give it to. you. I can give you the. Re- I need to look up the reference. Uh, but around this time last year. It was the first book I read last year on my little read a book a month, and I did a whole review. So if you maybe just want to instead listen to an hour and a half podcast about me breaking down the high points of the book, they could even do that. Now, I wouldn't recommend going to me. Paul has plenty of probably hour and a half breakdowns on his podcast that, are, that he's giving the information, but at the very least, there's that option mm-hmm. to self-promote. Absolutely. But no, I, when, when people approach me and they're like, Oh, like the liver king and my first response, honestly, my, I'm like, yes, but I say, I say yes, but, mm-hmm. and I'm like, yeah, essentially I'm like his diet and what he's doing is all in line. Yeah. It's, he's also being this character and that's a, a part of it, but like not, it's yeah. a little bit separate, but it's a little bit tied into it. And then that's when I'm like, really, I found it through Paul Saladino. Hundred percent, because there is there's some there's some truth in what he was even saying early. You know, even in when he was in, in the thick of the whole 
you know, steroids and all stuff. Still, he was still saying truth about diet and the American diet. And, mm. and so, well, and his story stems from the fact that his kids were constantly sick and going to the mm-hmm. hospital and it was like life or death. We need to find a diet that works. Mm-hmm. And there's similar situations with, um, uh, Jordan and Michaela Peterson, Michaela finding it first. And she's like a lion diet. She only eats steak. Yeah. I know. I was about to say, I think that's the first time I've ever heard of it was through her. She's extreme. Yeah. I was, and that's right. And I was a little turned off, but I was like, like literally only meat. And I was like, I don't know about, but she, but that's all her body can handle. She's like, Mm -hmm. I've tried to introduce like a little bit of fruit or something. And I get that sugar Mm -hmm. and it's, and she's like, and I immediately feel it. Mm -hmm. And she's like, what? Yeah, so I, I'm glad that, you know, through kind of your social media, we, we got connected That's with Paul. That's hilarious. Saldino and, um, you know. Dumb old me. <laughs> no. Wow. Well, I, I always try and share stuff because in the hopes that someone random is going to see it. And that's the thing about this. You, you, you kind of got to, you got to take the, the, the good gospel approach, meaning it's like, I'm going to, I'm going to sit here and tell you about it. And I'm not going to expect you to receive it at all and shake your head and maybe even come back at me. And I won't have answers to everything. I've had some friends who are like nutrition coaches and stuff. And they're like, well, what about this and that? I'm like, I don't know. Go, go. I was like, go look at, why don't you go talk to the doctor and read his stuff. He has a full breakdown. But what I do know, and that there's, there's two things, two foundations I sit on. Not crap for processed food. No seed oils. Because usually they'll get behind me when I'm like, seed oils are bad. Vegetable yes. oil, all that crap is yes. bad. And fried food and stuff. And, and yeah. Now where we differ is they're going to say like use avocado or olive. And I'm going to say, just get, get good grass-fed butter, tallow, yeah. you know, fat. I save, I save beef fat when I can and I have a little, and I filter it and I have a little thing and it's like, you got your beef fat right there. That's tallow. Mm. Um, and then, uh, crap, what was the other thing? Yeah. No seed oils and like whole fresh foods Mm -hmm. and, oh, oh, and liver. I'm like, because I, I have the, I have the picture saved on my phone of the chart. I love showing people. I'm like, here's liver compared to kale, blueberries, uh, salmon roe, T-bone steak, egg yolk. And it's nutritional value and how jam-packed it is. And like at most you need a few ounces a week or one ounce a day. And I just chop it up, take like pills. And, and they're like, oh, I had no idea. And they're like, but it's gross. I'm like, yeah, but it's good. And so there's, there's undeniable truth. And I tell them, look, at least this. And then I'm, you know, I don't know about maybe some of this more technical stuff you're telling me. Like one friend was like, what about fiber? It's also good for the heart. And I was like, don't know what to say to that. Don't know enough about that. You also just can't tell me it's good for the heart and, and me not know how it's good for the heart, what the mechanism it works by, and then expect me to refute that. Uh, I'm going to need you to first explain me why we need fiber in the heart, and then we can talk about this. Mm-hmm. But it, the carnivore really centers around the gut. Mm-hmm. Everything starts in the gut. What you mm-hmm. eat, that's where it gets absorbed. When that gets out of whack, things don't get absorbed right, and then everything else screws up. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So I, um, you know, I... Uh... So you guys continue to... Long term, this is this is what you're sticking with. You know, I th- I, yeah, I, I I think we're happy with it because you know I I know like you said how you put stuff out there and you're kind of not sure how people will respond or if people. Oh will no, take it. I, I assume I I expect nothing. But, but I, what I was about to say was though you know when we saw that we were in a place of like kind of like uh, you know I don't say like you know this fork in the road, but we're just in this place of like we're trying to figure out. Hey, what works? Like what type uh-huh. of diet? Because we've tried this, it, you know, uh, kind of was working, but we, we want to do, be more intentional. We try the keto thing. My hair is falling out. I'm always exhausted, <laughs> and just, and so I, you know, it, so if someone you out would there hit a point where you're like, I 
I'm trying stuff, nothing's working. So, so we we were at this position of being, uh, you know, open, you mm-hmm. know, to try something, and then we just gave it a shot. And like I said, I think it, it boils down to feeling. I you know I I've heard people talk about the term of you know feeling uh you know, infl- inflammation with cells. Yeah. So I mean I don't I don't know how much truth is in all that, but I I'll tell you, I do I don't feel. I'm not sure if this is the right word, but less puffy. <laughs> if that makes sense, I feel. Dude, I feel lean. I never realized that I, I, I never thought I, I was someone who bloated, and then mm-hmm. I did this. Yeah, and, I, and then when I would eat the crap, I would be like, oh no, I feel. Oh wow, yeah, I was inflamed all the time. Dude, yeah, I, I, I feel lean. Mm-hmm. I feel energized, and I feel good exercising. I'm not, I'm not tired all the time. I have mm-hmm. energy, so. Uh, yeah, I, I don't feel like I'm missing out on anything. And then whenever I do dabble and have a little bit of poison, mm-hmm. it's like, oof, okay, I'm good. I you know I, I want to get back to the, get back reminder. to, I'd rather have a spoon mm-hmm. of honey next time. Yeah. You know, so <laughs> dude, sometimes I'm like, I need to pick me up and do that. And you start to get weak and you're like, let me go get some candy. Mm-hmm. I'll just go force down a spoonful of honey. Game time. Give yep. me a little energy shot. It's great. So, mm-hmm. uh, Gabe, uh, more time to call you out again. Did you buy Connor's book? I've not yet. I've been mean. <laughs> I've been seeing your post. Have not yet. It was yesterday. First of all, it was ninety nine cents pre sale. He extended it. I think a little bit in today. If you missed it, you missed it. The whole point was to buy yesterday, so he'd be number one bestseller. Now, don't feel too bad because we had enough help, and he's announced it. But I also need to announce it here. Connor officially is the number one bestselling author on amazon he hit number one he he took a screenshot he was number one he got enough help behind him but i just wanted to embarrass you there and uh put you in the hot seat a little bit (laughs) put you on blast oh that's Uh, fair you're not the only one (laughs) you're not the only one but congratulations to connor Mm -hmm. and uh congratulations to him so uh gabe we do about an hour so we'll kind of wrap this up before we go f1 race this weekend yeah the saudi arabian uh Mm -hmm. uh jetta grand prix so Mm. that's gonna be a good one uh, the street circuit, uh-huh. so it's off of uh, the Jeddah Corniche, which if you're not familiar with kind of a... Nobody is. <laughs> Middle Eastern cities. You know, it's, all, it's right behind <laughs> Mohai Street. Yeah. Um, but uh, Corniche is uh, kind of, if you're in an Arab city, it's kind of a little road, si- sidewalk area alongside kind of a uh, water. And so, um, yeah, it'll be in Jeddah. Jeddah is a unique city. Uh, Saudi Arabia is changing a lot. Um, but uh, this will be the third time they've had this race. So, Oh, it's a, uh, it's a newer one. Relatively then. new. I'll be honest. It's probably one of the more, I don't want to say dangerous tracks. Is this the one that's super tight? Very tight. Uh-huh. And uh, the first year or two, lots of crashes. It's With those street circuits, you know, in regular traditional circuits, there's grass and gravel that you can run off on. Mm-hmm. And this one is just, it's just, it's just concrete walls right yep. next to the track. Yep. So the it's margin, so tight. the margin of error is pretty small. And well, uh, and this one's quali- qualifying is everything because oh my position, gosh. you don't see position. People aren't overtaking and like jumping up eight spots. And, and uh, exactly. And I think mm-hmm. uh, you have to be very precise. I mean, this was the qualifying session last year when Michael Schumacher uh, basically snapped his Haas completely in half. Uh, it was in the Jetta, uh, the Saudi Arabian Grand Prix qualifying. And so we'll see. You know, we're rooting for my boy Logan Sargent. Yeah, he had a, he had a pretty. He represented the U.S. pretty well. And a crappy first. Williams of all things. Exactly. I think he blew everyone away. I think he. Yeah, uh, man. I, I don't think he went. I don't think people were expecting him to do amazing, but. Um, I think a lot of people He's were like P twelve or something. Yeah, exactly. He did the best out of all the rookies and. 
arguably the other rookies had better cars. See, than and them. this just goes to show you that when if we're, when America really starts to invest athletes forward into all the sports, we are the best. Exactly. Come at us. <laughs> exactly. So just I talk a little trash. Uh huh. I and I I love it. You know, we um I've just seen a lot of a lot of memes uh about it, but um yeah, no, I, I'm excited to see. Uh, I'm excited to see how Logan does with Williams. Mm. Um, and uh, I mean, I'll be honest though, looking at uh, how the last race was in uh, the season opener Bahrain, I think Red Bulls, I like Red Bull. I, but you know, I, I do also love competition and they're just blowing just, people out. They're dude. just way, way, way ahead. Uh, mm. So we'll see. I mean, it was, I think, 40 seconds after yeah the, uh, between red bull and the next it was, car, they got so. out front and it was they were gone so insane but yeah for those people who still aren't indoctrinated and joining f1 fandom i'm at least here for now we'll see if i fall off eventually mm-hmm. i'm i'm undecided mm-hmm. uh, but i'm enjoying it right now i watched my first race a couple weeks ago first live race i should say mm-hmm. and it was cool mm-hmm. there's so much always happening that there's never a shortage Yep. Right. It's always, oh, this corner and let's shift to this team because these, these, this guy's catching that guy. Oh, this guy just hit the pits. We're going to talk about that. And honestly, at times it was way too much to keep up with. I was like, mm-hmm. holy crap. Yeah. So I'm excited. Um, now, one thing that surprised me and I talked about, we talked, talked to you about this a week ago where I was like, there's a, I assumed it was every weekend and there were two weeks between these races. You said sometimes it's one week, sometimes it's two weeks, mm-hmm. depending on the region. When they hit the North American circuit, it's week after week. But then maybe when they're jumping from America, the Americas to Europe, yeah. two weeks. And so it just varies. And I was like, oh, because like I was like, Friday came around. I was like, qualifying <sighs> or no, no practice. And I then <laughs> and I went and looked for it. I was like, where is it? Yeah, I know. And I don't know if there's a specific pattern, but sometimes there'll be two or three that are back to back. and then. Uh, a lot of the time, I'd say maybe like 75, maybe 75% of the time it's on a bi-weekly basis. And then there's summer break. So it's off for about a month, which is a bummer, but, um, you know, uh, only if you care about the sport, mm -hmm. I would, I didn't know about it. So I've never cared about their summer break. Didn't bother me. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. But, uh, but I'm excited. You know, Mm -hmm. my, my biggest gripe about it is, you know, being here in the U S um, a good chunk of the races being in uh, Asia, Middle East, Europe, most of the time they are uh, aired early Sunday morning here in the U.S. So I'm usually mm-hmm. getting ready to get out on to, Sunday. Yeah, trying yeah. to get ready, getting dressed for church, watching on my phone, and usually have to catch up after church. Mm-hmm. But um, there are a handful. I know Australia is going to be in a couple weeks, and that's uh, I think it'll be like two or three in the morning. And Yikes. then um, and then there's a handful in North America, Canada. There's going to be several in the U.S. this year, Mexico, Brazil. So those are a little bit more um, in tune, uh, a little more aligned with our with our time schedule. Mm-hmm. So go go watch Drive to Survive mm-hmm. and quick breakdown of how this works. And you, if you want to go check it out, is Friday is practice. So that's where they show up. They they're they're just they're just running laps, getting to know the course, getting to know the car, figuring out their setup. If there's anything they have to tweak. Saturday is qualifying, which I assumed was like there's just a block and like people go out and or like they go one at a time. And I learned pretty quickly. And then especially after watching some qualifying, because I recorded them and I, and I watched it uh, on that first race, I was like, oh, it's way more. There, it's so specific, such a tight window. There's what do they call them? Sections? Uh, like, like Q. Like Q, 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 yeah. Q1, Q2, like, so like, Q3. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's like, oh, Q1 qualifying session, Q2, Q3, and like, y- there's cuts. If you're not t- 
top, you know, if you're the bottom four, you you don't get it. You don't get to go to Q2 and Q3 mm-hmm. and they cut you down. And so it's like the, you've got to be fast to get more chances to be the fastest. And I was like, oh, this is interesting. And it's only certain blocks. And they, if you have a yellow flag, it can. And people were hoping to maybe do another flying lap and maybe not get cut that round. And I was like, oh, qualifying is way more of a competition and almost just as interesting as the race. It is. And some crazy things can happen. You know, last year, I don't think it was in Drive to Survive, but it was in Brazil. Uh, Q, the last uh, Q3 started and um, Kevin Magnuson and Haas, which is. You know, kind of a kind of like the Mets, kind of lovable losers. I think they, they've gotten <laughs> it's increasingly better this past year. Um, so but good. they they have an eccentric uh, team principal. They're American team, so mm-hmm. I think they have a lot of a lot of fans. And like I said, a lot of people root for them as underdogs. But impressively enough, he made he made it to Q three, which Haas doesn't always do that. He managed to get a flying lap on the beginning of Q uh, three, and then it started raining and pouring in Brazil. And no one else got a good lap in. So Kevin Magnuson got pole position, which was which is an amazing moment. Had a lot of had to do with weather and just timing and luck. But that's how that goes. And man. so it, qualifying can be a lot of fun and mm-hmm. really entertaining. And, yeah, you see, that, and that happens on Saturday. Mm-hmm. And that's pretty cool, pretty fun to watch. And they do a good job kind of explaining, keeping in the loop. And then Sunday's race day. Mm-hmm. So it, it's pretty jam-packed. It's a whole weekend event. So we have that. So practice would be today as this is being released. And then tomorrow's qualifying. So give it a shot. Mm-hmm. I, if, if you're like me and you're like racing, and the first thing you think of is NASCAR. Uh, and, and I even went and tried to watch a little bit of the Daytona 500. Because I know it's a big deal. And I was like, okay. Maybe this Formula One thing will make me like NASCAR. And I watched like half an hour of it and I was like, nah, don't like NASCAR. Mm. Still not, still not into it. Uh, I would definitely go to a NASCAR race in person because that's a different ball game. Mm-hmm. That's, that's, that's its own animal. Mm-hmm. And then, but as far as watching it, pass. Formula One is a different beast and way different and you should give it a chance. It's a little more engaging. Like you yes, said, it's, it's because, you know, uh, the, the loop uh kind of racing is big here in, in the states and the left turn mm-hmm. um but there's no um there's no uh no no loop kind of court uh you know circuits uh in f1 they're all either on on city roads uh, mm-hmm. or a set set aside kind of circuit so um like i said every shot's pretty engaging and and uh pretty entertaining so even though the races can be pretty long uh, you know like it they're still shorter than NASCAR races. Exactly. Yep. And then there's always something to watch. There's some going on in the pits. There's some well, they're battle only doing on the like, midfield. Yeah, they only do like 50-something laps usually. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And because it's like a, what, a couple miles, three miles loop or usually mm-hmm. something like that around that. It was basically like a 5K and they do like 50 laps. NASCAR, you do like 200 laps. Oh, yeah. And then they like they have like almost like winners. I, 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 I'm admittedly kind of ignorant into nascar but i know there's like session there's like a first round and the like, yes you win the first round there's a third round someone wins the, the third you know so. so there's a little bit of nuance in there but i don't really care <laughs> so don't watch nascar maybe check out some formula one um maybe be cool we got an american boy so at the very least just bandwagon on logan Sargent. Mm-hmm. it's it's kind of he, he kind of is bringing on the same vibes like you know christian Chris, christian Pulisic, you know, yeah you know um you know, I, but I we don't it. need to get more into soccer. We got better <laughs> yeah. sports. It's fine. Exactly, exactly. But, but I'm not mad about being better at soccer because it's more mainstream. Yeah. So there, there. But there is a good feeling about seeing an American 
in kind of a Eurocentric sport do yeah. what do well. Mm-hmm. I, I think that that something that just hits you right in the heart. It feels good. <laughs> it's like yeah, even our D leaguers make it to uh, our D list athletes can infiltrate the highest levels <laughs> of certain sports mm-hmm. because it's a D list sport here. But mm-hmm. Gabe. Thank you for coming on, being on the podcast. Yeah, thanks for bringing me back. Uh, I appreciate it. Yeah, as we have these distracting four screens here (laughs) with these games going on, uh, we managed to have a pretty good conversation, and uh, I enjoyed it. Mm -hmm. Uh, Anything else you want to finish off? Was there anything you wanted to say today or talk about? Man, well, I just want to say congrats to Connor and... uh, Ah, man, you should I'll, apologize. Yeah, for not I, buying I, his book. I, I'll, I'll buy. I'll buy it at full price gladly. So, <laughs> but um, but yeah, also bummer about my uh, my beloved Golden Eagles. But um, I'll I'll be following March Madness. Excited to see how things are going to pan out. Yeah, well, and, it could be worse. You could have actually filled out a bracket, like um, <laughs> and my sister filled out an underdog one, and you know who won it? Your beloved Golden Eagles. Oh, so you know what bracket is absolutely obliterated? Mm. That one, yeah, yeah, and so you you avoided that <laughs> trap at least, looking like a complete and, idiot. And I would have done that, but mm-hmm. and it's I would say we could do you know what we'll just we'll do a quick glance at mine, see how they're doing. So, because all right, oh my gosh, my coin flip. Oh wait, oh that's not in the group, so don't pay attention to that one. So my my serious bracket that I called the winner. Uh, it's doing got 80 points coin flip is oh it's in last and then my one where it was a little more upset heavy it's got 70 okay. coin flip sucks <laughs> it is it is doing total trash let's see how bad it is yeah because coin flip like i said had all the number ones losing and yeah wrong 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 okay it got missouri right thank you coin flip all magic <laughs> coin uh got duke right okay cool what else did we get it had Howard beating Kansas. I don't know mm-hmm. what the heck we were thinking. North, it got Northwestern right. Um, Texas, it got right somehow. But yeah, everything else so far is wrong. Let's look at the whole group. We can see, we can see who's top of the charts real quick. As of recording, this is not going to be correct. Now, now I, I'll figure out my system. Oh, yeah, there's a, there it is. Yeah, I saw uh, <laughs> Oral Roberts done. It's out. And so she can still get a lot of points in that bracket uh, with all the other picks. Oh yeah, coin coin flip is brutal. So right now, oh my gosh. So I'll explain this to you. Mm-hmm. This bracket is she uh Callie went off of colors, team colors. Better team <laughs> colors got the win. She is leading as of oh. as of Thursday night with 90 points. She has Auburn winning it all. We'll see about that. They did win tonight. And then work hard, play hard is I think her regular bracket also very good. Had Purdue winning it. And then ready for this, Noah's Ark was mascot-based. And it is in third place. It's tied for third with three other ones, but still in nice. third place. So this is a fun experiment seeing how, how thoughtful do you actually have to be, or can you just screw around yeah. and, and do picks like that and, and do just as well? Yeah. Up to a certain point. I think, mm-hmm. when, I think when we get in these Elite Eight, Final Four, National Championships rounds, that's where you're going to fall off. I think first round, maybe second round, but then you start talking Sweet 16, Elite Eight, because that's where you're, when you look back on it, your higher seeds make it. But yeah, that's pretty crazy, huh? Wow, that's pretty cool. (laughs) This could have been you, Gabe. I know. This could have been you. Shoot. Disappointed. You know what? (laughs) But I'm not disappointed that you are living that carnivore life, and I am still blown away that 
it was it was literally my social post but that's it, cool yeah. You know? yeah well thanks for coming on dude i enjoyed it hopefully the people listening enjoyed it i know they enjoyed it um having a classic bobby boucher <laughs> in the studio <laughs> this is incredible bobby what did your mama say about about podcasts oh podcasts are of the devil no <laughs> you know it they're the devil bobby my, my, my mama my mama said podcasts come from the devil <laughs> oh classic that's incredible well That'll do it for this show. That'll do it for this episode. Gabe, sit in second chair. If you want to come sit second chair, let me know. And or you can have a topic. You cannot have a topic. We'll all have plenty to bring to the table. And you can just opine and comment yourself. But uh, I want to thank you so much for listening. Being part of the Hanya Accord. Be sure to share the show. Like the show. And you know, when, when I post about buying someone's book or filling out a bracket, don't be like Gabe. <laughs> be better than Gabe. But exactly. be like Gabe and coming on and coming on more than once. Yeah. And all and he does listen, Caleb. So <laughs> look, there's plenty of people we can shout out here. All right. Uh-huh. Uh, I'm and um give me feedback. He does that too. And so there's lots of good stuff about Gabe. I don't mean to just hate on you. Right. At least it's to your face. Well, thanks. Yes. That, that's, isn't that, isn't that a little redeem him? Jerk to your face. Right. Hey, that's you, the best So you way. know, whatever I'm saying behind your back, you're also getting to your face. Exactly. Which I appreciate. <laughs> I, I appreciate feedback myself. So yeah, no, they, no thank you for having you me You are on. awesome, dude. The fact that you come on, I love it. I am very, very appreciative. No, so. And I would say for anyone who's thinking about coming on, I was initially very intimidated and you know just we're sitting here watching basketball on this monitor and we happen to have microphones in front of us while we exactly because 90 percent of the time what we talked about today was what we were talking about 10 minutes before we were standing outside exactly standing outside the studio just hanging out in my dining room Mm -hmm. and it's what we're talking about i was like cool we'll just bring that back exactly and it's just what you naturally want to talk about so it's Mm -hmm. not that scary Mm -hmm. um be sure to also follow blessings from tragedy check that out uh, support me there go buy connor's book if you haven't i don't know if it's still 99 cents but too bad so sad that's your fault go buy that he's the number one bestseller congratulations to him happy 30th birthday to him too what a way turn 30 and become a number one bestseller so i guess i guess with age comes wisdom and bestsellers so maybe 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 i, I should try and repeat this maybe all this now there was a strategy so it got me thinking it was like huh so am I now probably should plan to try and I was like, should I, I told him, I was like, should I try and like be a top ranked podcast? And at least in my respective category, I was like, oh crap, I got some work to do. I got, I got a lot. I got some months to do it though till mm-hmm. December. So we'll see. But this Norwegian goodbye is going to kill my average. So thank you for that, Rachel. Can't wait to hear about this update. Thank you all for listening. That'll do it for this show. Have a great weekend. Uh, we're going to be following up with March Madness updates, so there might be some extra episodes or these uh, all the re- uh, future episodes for the next couple weeks might just be March Madness heavy, but join in the fun. At least follow the coin flip bracket because it is going to fall flat on its face. So, Gabe, thank you so much for coming on. Thank you. Glad to have you. This is the head Hanyak and Bobby Boucher, a.k.a. Gabe, <laughs> signing off.